Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is my co-host Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're joined by a guest. We're joined by streaming television show enthusiast and friend of the podcast, <laughs> Anthony. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. And we brought him here today because we're talking about Invincible Season 1. What's happening with Mark and Omni-Man? Omni-Man's kicking the shit out of him. The world's gone fucking nuts. Indeed. I truly hope Mark lives up to his name. To face his father and survive, he'll need to be... This is an American adult animated superhero streaming television series. Created by Robert Kirkman. The cast includes Stephen Yoon, Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beetz, Walton Goggins, Jason Manzukas, Jillian Jacobs, Andrew Reynolds, Clancy Brown, Mark Hamill, John Hamm, Seth Rogen, Michael Dorn, Ezra Miller, Jaimon Hansu, Reginald Vell Johnson, Zachary Quinto, Mahershala uh, Ali, Justin Roiland, and Sonequa Martin-Green. Very good, Joey. And we normally do a bit where we say the cast characters and other works, but I wanted us to do the real cast because talk about depth mm. when it comes to casting in this show. I mean, unmatched when it comes to a, a roster. Oh, we forgot Mae Whitman, too. Mae Whitman's in there as well. Mae Whitman as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, you can go on. I mean, the, the thing is, this is, to me, is Amazon really flexing their, like, financial muscles and being like, we can get literally anyone. I dare you to try to compete with us when it comes to, like, resources because their streaming shows have everything at their disposal. Absolutely. Which brings us to our next question is, like, how did we watch this? I think it's safe to say we all watched this on Amazon Prime Video, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, there's it's, nowhere uh, else, so... Yeah, <laughs> so there you have it. That's where you can find it if you're listening and want to watch Invincible. And now that brings us to our synopsis, uh, written by our very own Joey. Um, and Joey, why don't you get us started with the synopsis? Mark Grayson is an ordinary American 17-year-old living in a world with superheroes. The most powerful of these heroes is called Omni-Man, and he also happens to be Mark's father, Nolan. The second most powerful group of heroes is called the Guardians of the Globe, a diverse Justice League-like group of heroes. The Guardians work for a secret international organization called the Global Defense Agency that keeps track of the world's heroes and dispatches them to various threats around the, well, the globe. Mark, having always dreamed of having powers like his dad, finally gets some of his own. He enters into the world of superheroes and takes the moniker Invincible. He and his father begin training, and Omni-Man tells Mark about his legacy. You see, Omni-Man is from a planet called Viltrum. Viltrum is a paradise planet populated by super powerful people, just like Omni-Man, who go out on elaborate extended philanthropy missions to help other populated planets. Omni-Man arrived on Earth on one of these missions, fell in love, and had Mark. But Omni-Man has a secret. Unbeknownst to anyone, at the end of the first episode, he brutally murders the Guardians of the Globe. As they fight for their lives against their former ally, Omni-Man offers no explanation for this unexpected betrayal. Mark starts dating a girl from his school named Amber. However, because of his new powers, he is extremely flaky, which makes Amber upset. As the series continues, Amber becomes more and more disappointed in Mark. Even after learning of his secret identity, she realizes she was never a priority for him and dumps him. Mark, as Invincible, goes on a series of wacky adventures, including going to Mars, stopping an organized crime boss, fighting a mad geologist, and going on a college tour. 
He also meets a group of teenage superheroes called Teen Team that include Adam Eve, Duplicate, Rexplode, and a robot named Robot. Until I wrote this, I didn't realize it was Teen Team. I thought it was Team Team. Team team. <laughs> team team. Yes. You know <laughs> how team like, unified on the, like the idea of right. being a team. Yeah, it's like yeah. a like a you know, it's like a postmodern thing. It's like a robot named robot, right? A team named team. <laughs> team team. <laughs> um <clears throat> robot, it turns out, is actually a drone controlled by a sickly deformed person. He goes on to release some cloning experts from prison so that they can make him a new fully human body. It's a whole thing. The Global Defense Agency, led by its director, Cecil, are on the hunt for the Guardian's killer and work with Damien Darkblood, a demon from hell, doing his best gritty noir detective cosplay. The demon detective soon narrows his list of suspects to Omni-Man, who denies everything. During his snooping, Darkblood also makes Omni-Man's wife, Mark's mother, suspicious of her husband. She does some investigating of her own and comes to the same conclusion. Omni-Man killed the Guardians of the Globe. When confronted, Omni-Man offers no explanation. Instead, he goes looking for his son, convinced that he is the only one who will understand. The Global Defense Agency sends everything they've got at Omni-Man, but he shakes it off and meets up with Mark. Together, at last, Omni-Man explains everything, including the real reason he is on Earth. You see, Viltrum is a paradise, but not because everyone lives in harmony. It is because they practice ritualist genocide on the weak, eliminating them from their ranks. Omni-Man is selected for a branch of the military that sends its officers to the far corners of space to weaken populated worlds and get them ready to join the Viltrum Empire. Earth was his assignment. Omni-Man thought that Mark was human. But when his son started to have powers, Omni-Man knew that in order to execute the next stage of his plan, that meant making sure his son wouldn't stop him in his quest to rule Earth. He needed to eliminate all threats to Viltrumite rule, which meant killing the Guardians and converting Mark to his side. Mark is, of course, horrified. He and Omni-Man fight, but his father is much, much stronger. Omni-Man flies all over the world, destroying buildings with Mark's body and killing indiscriminately. Mark is all but helpless against it. After being beaten to a pulp, Mark makes a final plea to his father, which penetrates his soul, causing him to leave Earth. The whole world is in shock at Omni-Man's heel turn, but with him gone, perhaps they still have a chance. End of Season 1. So there you have it. That is all of Invincible Season 1 condensed all, into... All, what, uh, six hours? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. And, um... There's not a lot of uh, fluff in there. I feel like it's all pretty important stuff. Uh, so props to you, Joey, for being able to synthesize that. Let's start talking about it with our pros and our cons. Anthony, what did you like about Invincible Season 1? <clears throat> so the, the first thing, it's, it's the one thing that it just tops my list is the timing of Invincible's release. I think that it's extremely important for any superhero franchise to capitalize on the Avengers not existing right now. Like, <laughs> oh. like uh, uh, to, to have something that could be the next, right, like animated Justice League or whatever, um, ha- having that timed now versus like because i think i feel like justice league really fell off because it was going on during like it was just another avengers right that's what made it like 
not as relatable or not as good. It was just another clone of Avengers. But this is could is a whole new franchise, and especially like post COVID or well during COVID, um, when movies aren't being released in theaters and there's not that hype around it. This the timing is excellent. That's a good point. Um, another big pro is Invincible's costume. I love his costume so much. The like the light blue and yellow and black is just such a like you. I haven't. I feel like I haven't seen a hero with those colors and just them all together. He just looks so cool. And uh, the like eyes. Him, yeah, I love and his, his eyes. It, yeah, the the bubble <laughs> eyes are so cool. Um, yeah, he definitely stands out in a, in a show that like definitely points out regular things about superheroes and, and even parodies known superheroes he does stand alone in, in a way that is very iconic yeah um and then uh, uh and then the amount of like jaw dropping moments like the multiple to- multiple times in multiple episodes where was i literally like jaw to the floor i was i couldn't believe what was happening like I, i'm getting chills thinking <laughs> about it so all all that like all that stuff is just amazing it, it's so and it's so well done it looks so beautiful too everything i just the show is great yeah no totally agree joey what did you like about invincible um fully fleshed out very interesting characters um that was paired with really great voice actors um some really notable ones like mark hamill and jk simmons who have done really great work in the past and having them in here is awesome uh, it's a really unique take on a superman story which is usually pretty hard to do um and the action was top notch some of the best superhero action i think i've ever seen um and uh, any television show or movie what about you uh yeah i mean i echo everything you guys have said insanely good cast like we said before beautiful animation like it's just it's just candy for your eyes it's just nice to look at it takes advantage of being rated 18 plus in the best possible ways Uh, it has great use of music that's another i feel like another amazon unlimited funding moment (laughs) where they can be like hey we'll play run the jewels we'll play all these other artists that you've actually heard of in our show because it just makes it that much more awesome we're not worried about the bottom line here we're definitely going to make the money back on this um great pacing it's insanely bingeable i don't know anyone who took more than three days to watch the show it's so it every episode makes you demands that you continue to watch Ex- except for the people that watched it live as it was being released <laughs> okay man. actually yeah some and of us waited you, some of us had to wait weeks at a time i definitely just <laughs> revealed that you, how quickly I, I or how late i was to the show yeah what? i i i was in on episode one okay it, it was actually it was um Sorry for the free advertising here, but it was shown to me on TikTok. Are you guys on? You guys know TikTok? Never heard oh, of Apple it. Chat is definitely on yeah. TikTok. Um, but, <laughs> so I saw it on there, and that's what I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll watch an episode." It actually was also uh, during the same time that Captain uh, Captain Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's uh, what it was called. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was called. Um, when that was being released, this was also coming out at the same time, same day. Oh my and gosh! There was there was days where I was like, "Yeah, I have to watch Invisible before I even watch." this this show yeah don't even get me started on captain falcon and the frosty soldier but um <laughs> so many to continue praising invincible so many interesting characters just every character i wanted to know more about and see more of them and um also just interesting story overall just the plot is amazing and the subplots like everything give me more this show did it all um now we come to a more difficult moment where we have to list the cons um which of course there are cons but so anthony what what were your cons for Invincible I, season one? I think my cons are morally are are like more based on 
like I wish I would have gotten more of something or like does this part of the story make sense um my first one being I wish I would have gotten more John Hamm and his son yes I think that that could have been a really important like it felt like they were establishing a what a father-son moments could could and should be and they never really kind of fleshed that out it, it stopped after episode two um his son does make another appearance later in the show but not John Hamm himself um I, I didn't like Omni-Man's alibi when they confronted him about the murders of the Guardians of the Globe. He was like, oh, I just got knocked out and I, I didn't see anything. You know, like he could have said that they were under control by some alien force, this unstoppable alien force that they have to stop or something better. Um, and then I also like in the tryout scene of like all these like cool new heroes, I thought that like Rexplode was very like low totem pole hero power hero. And I don't know why he really made teen or go, go from teen team to guardian of the galaxy or guardian of the (laughs) globe. Excuse me. Um, I totally agree with that. It, it's like, how did he make the team? And maybe I don't understand his powers because obviously he can take a punch. Like he's gotten pretty beat up and he's like alive yeah. more than humans can, obviously, in this show. But at the same time, yeah, it just felt like he was almost there just for the plot. Also, why do all the like female characters, why are all the women so attracted to him? Like <laughs> Eve was in a relationship to begin with. Duplicate immediately is with him as soon as he says that he's no longer with Eve. And then also Monster Girl is attracted to him as well. Like why is this guy such a dreamboat to all these women? I, I, I don't see it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a con um, for me. Tall, dark, that's, actually, that, that's actually such like a funny thing because... Um, um, Jason Manzukis is always known for being the douchebag in whatever show he's yes. in. Yes. And like he is, he's so Rexplode, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's so good. Oh, yeah. He, they, he's such an excellent <laughs> casting choice. Honestly, like, I don't, I've never read the comics, so I don't know how Rexplode acts in the comics, but it almost seems like they made the character act like Jason Manzukis as right, opposed to the right. other way around. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. about you, Joey? What are your cons? Um, well, if you go back to what Anthony was saying, yeah, the robot picks all team 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 members like he's like oh, i got to get the team team back together it's, a, it's a, one of your clues that he's not really a robot so he has this weird bias he's not picking people objectively he's just like i'm just gonna pick my friends <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, I, that was that was like a that was a well, big moment for me too but it was he also like picked shrinking ray right so she was new yeah but there was and nobody black samson. Oh, and and monster there Girl. was nobody uh right. f- oh and black samson but there's nobody um on team team who didn't make the cut right yeah, right. Yeah, Every, everyone made correct. it, and and then Adam Eve left, who's arguably the like the best of them all left. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I know you guys love this show, but I felt I had a hard time watching it a second time. I, I had to be honest. The story I I think is uninspired. The animation is a little chunky, except for the action. Um, it again. I know I'm contradicting myself, but I feel like this negates it. It's a Superman story, and those are boring to me. Um, it indulges in the thing that it's trying to comment on, and violence. Who? Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing if it's not for a good reason. <laughs> okay. Um. Hit me. <laughs> uh, wait. Yeah, J- Joey. Can, can what do you mean? At, like absolutely nothing. Like it, violence is nothing. If not for good so the, reason, I feel like that there's plenty of moments where yeah, so it, it's justified. I right? think there's a lot of moments when you have named characters who are being mur- murdered brutally, and that violence adds to it. But when you're killing like human beings and stuff, all that is is just like random civilians. All it is is just adding extra kind of flavor to it without actually ending any more context to it. It's it's what you what I like to imagine is 
a show where the violence is reserved for um, like the important moments. Otherwise, you become really desensitized to it. You become so used to everyone being so bloody and, and a mess that it becomes less potent when people actually get like actually hurt. When you see like a large group of people being killed, sure, it's like it's shocking and everything, but does like the blood and gore really add all of that much to it? Or is it really like the human toll that you're seeing that's really the thing that's that's hitting you? And by, you know, kind of by putting it everywhere, it's almost as if it's nowhere because you're not seeing as because you're not uh, you're not getting it in the full force it would be if it was reserved for certain characters. If you had only named characters with that kind of bloody pulpiness to them, then you would get, uh, it, would, it would be more visceral to it. As opposed to that, otherwise you're just like, okay, well, this is just a bloody-ass world that you live in. That's my take. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I do want to comment, uh, push back a little bit on the animation is a little chunky. Like, I noticed that as well, but I saw it as a good thing. Like, I thought it was a, a stylistic animation choice to have these kind of low frame rate and almost not necessarily minimalist, but in moments, minimalist animation, um, where... I just think it's a, a uh, creative choice. They could have been a little bit more high frame rate, hyper-realistic, but I think it was intentional to make this look more like a Saturday morning cartoon as opposed to maybe pushing the limits of what animation can do as far as realism goes. I think you're right, um, and I think the, the action definitely justifies that. But there are still things that annoyed me. I felt like there was times where people's faces got deformed in ways that didn't yeah. make sense. It was just like, this guy looks different in this one scene than he does in another scene. Also, totally agree. And yeah. Um, does what's his name? Does Donald have a mustache or just a thick upper lip? <laughs> <laughs> well, does he have pupils or are his glasses just completely reflective? Right? Like I was, so, I was I, like, I, I, every time I watched it twice, I can't figure out if he had a mustache or not. Like, like, is it just his? <laughs> is it just his lip is like curled up a little bit to make him look a little more feminine, or is it that he has a mustache because it matches his hair? I don't know, man. It bothered me the whole time I was watching it. <laughs> Well, um, let me let me continue with my cons. I my, one of my cons is that it's not long enough. But that's I don't think that's actually a real con. I just want to watch more Invincible. <laughs> I actually think that the length of the season was really good. It, they left us wanting more as opposed to dragging on or having filler episodes that weren't really worth our time. So, um, so not really a con. Here's a real con. Uh, I wish that they had done more to establish what this version of Earth is. How long have there been supernatural beings on the planet besides Omni-Man? How different is this Earth's history if it's been influenced by superheroes or supernatural beings the whole time? How normal is it for a child like Eve to just spontaneously have powers? You know, it, it seems like this is a very American-centric situation where the heroes are in America, the heroes speak English, the heroes are American— what about the rest of the world? How, uh, like, does Omni-Man fly around and, and the rest of the world is like, we just are normal and we don't have superheroes. That's never really established, which is, I guess, fine. But I kind of wish they had given us more information about the world as it is. Because as we see it, it's just like, look at all these random things that are supernatural happening all the time. And people just kind of live with it. Like I'll, I'll contrast that with like My Hero Academia that goes out of its way to explicitly state exactly when people started developing superpowers and how that has changed the way that the world works. This world almost seems like one, like we take normal Earth, snap our fingers, and now there's superheroes all over the place inexplicably, and we'll go from there. Right. I think that's kind of emblematic of how this show thinks. It's, it's, 
it's kind of doing a, a lot with um it's taking what you have as a baseline and then trying to build on top of that and it's i feel like it's trying to do a lot with its social commentary but it doesn't really it doesn't do it in a self-aware enough way i think it, it, like what you're saying makes a lot of sense where like there's this implication where there is going to be an alternate history now because everything's going to change once these people start existing um but the show's not really interested in exploring that. It's more interested in just kind of taking it into what we have now and then trying to do something more with it instead of thinking more deeply about what the implications of what it's trying to say are. And I think like it gets there, but it doesn't, it doesn't do enough with it for me. I, I feel like, um, just to push back a little, I think that um, I, you, I feel like you get this a lot with the really solid animes that exist out there where you're introduced to this kind of simple idea and then throughout time more is explained more is fleshed out and it all ends up coming full circle and i think that invincible certainly has that capability um there i, I don't know if you guys have actually seen the comic itself but it's pretty thick um and it's like i can't, I can't remember how many it's three full books and it were i want to say it's like a 144 issues i think that yeah. was the number i saw and and season one is 13 issues so okay. there's so much more to the story that we don't know like like for instance um like omni-man has only been on earth for i think i think that him and debbie met they've been together for 20 years or 17 years yeah. so he's like fairly recent to earth um and then also the immortal is like a huge player in history as he's low-key uh abraham lincoln <laughs> right. so there there's a lot to this universe that is yet to be revealed to us that could come full circle later on definitely i think that's definitely fair to bring up um okay so those are our pros and our cons let's open this up to a more general conversation and we have some questions that we've prepared for you anthony our guest and we'll start with something pretty general why did you want to talk about invincible on our show yeah well they're supposed to have me on the tonight show but the, the, those plans oh, kind of fell through. Wow. I wanted oh, to be yeah. on Affable Chat. Yeah, when they when they heard you <laughs> yeah. were invited to come on here, they said, "Okay, we can't." Yeah, they're like, "Oh, chance. no way, no way." <laughs> but um, no, uh, it, I I've actually been looking for. I feel like I haven't had a show or um, I guess since Invincible or movie that I've been like grabbing my friends and being like, "How have you not seen this yet?" Like you have, like listen to me. You have to see this. It's so good. I want to talk about this with someone. And this has filled that kind of that void that I've been missing um, throughout the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, as a, one of those people that you were grabbing by the collar and saying, like, you have to watch this show. Uh, like, let me just go on the record to say, like, you're absolutely right. Uh, in this <laughs> era of media consumption, everybody is grabbing you by the collar and shaking you violently and demanding you watch their particular show. But rarely are they correct. This time you are 100% on point, at least from my perspective. I, it was definitely worth dropping everything and binging immediately. Thank um, you. So, yeah. Thank, <laughs> yeah cheers to you. <laughs> Okay, um, so what about this movie speaks to you personally, Anthony? Um, so, <clears throat> so on my on on my first on my first watch through, um, I I really didn't like the sixth episode. Um, I thought it was really boring. I pretty much hated most of the stuff with Amber in it because I just didn't like her as a character, as a like high school girl. I would I just didn't like her. Yeah, I was um, I was feeling similarly. I I think I like her as a character, but I didn't like the relationship that they had necessarily. Yeah, her, her yeah, their relationship just seemed like because they they do push the Adam Eve relationship, which which I was a team Adam Eve, right? <laughs> but um, 
But on my second watch through, I actually loved episode six and it because it really pushes um, this whole narrative for for Mark that he's never going to be a normal person. He's never going to have a normal life like he he goes to this college tour. He goes to this college, goes on this tour and decides, Amber, this is what I want to do. I want to be with you. I want to go to school Uh, like I want a normal life. And then chaos happens his 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 friends almost die like uh, he like due to his decision making of that he wants to keep his normal life people lose their lives like he he's never gonna have a normal life and i and i i I like that personally speaking that's that's i like to identify with the heroes more so that they're a real person um and that mark struggles with this concept that he's not going to be normal and he'll and he'll never be normal Hmm. Yeah, that's a really that's a really powerful moment, I think. I, I think that I mean the episode really goes for the body horror, especially when they introduce Rick and then have him uh kind of mangled up. Yeah. Um but it's like uh yeah, I, I think that's one of the major themes of this show is like the unaccountability of these people with extra power and this um and how different they are from regular people. I think they focus on that a lot. Yeah. Um I also have another note in here, but that can actually be for the next question okay well then let me ask it now what does this movie remind you of in your life or in other media okay so this is definitely well not definitely that's very bold of me to claim this (laughs) but i i really think that at least in this first season um mark is very much like close to peter parker um he is not as old so like he doesn't deal with um like financial struggle or like uh, you know, more more so marriage type relationships, but he obviously is a kid in high school. He's going to have relationships like with Amber and with even with Adam Eve is just being friends and William as his friend. Um, uh, but what I what I really love and this is this is like a, a great concept for Spider-Man. And it's and it's one that I feel was pushed really hard and invincible is that. Mark wants to be the best hero he can be. He's a teenager. He doesn't know what being a superhero is what it means to sacrifice what it what what all that really means and invincible is his persona of what a hero should be what omni-man should be and that's why when he like when everything comes crashing down um it really pushes him to be invincible it put it it pushes him to be the defender of earth which is such a cool concept (laughs) uh i love it so much yeah, I definitely got Spider-Man vibes from this for sure. It's uh, yeah, like that. Spider-Man is such a like a quintessential like teenage story, um, and I think they do a good job with that. Even with that relationship with Amber, which I felt was kind of boring, it makes sense the way that it goes. Like they're poorly communicating with each other. You know, I feel like right. that's that's really real, even if it's frustrating to watch. Just so I can throw some positives in there with his relationship with Amber, I thought that the dialogue was really well written. Like the awkward boy talking to girl like first getting yeah, into yeah. dating kind of stuff was I, I was it was good tension it was I, I really appreciated that dialogue um the uh his his like reveal like the invincible reveal to her um ugh, makes me so mad because <laughs> she's like oh i've known all along i still hate you and it's like dude what are you talking about amber like <laughs> like i don't know because a part of that is she lives in a world with superheroes so uh, like I, that, I, it's hard to put into context how normal it is to find out that your flaky boyfriend is actually low-key a superhero right. right because it we've seen 
like more examples of women being uh you know kind of thrown to the side for their their significant others superhero pursuits so i almost feel like she's like oh i read about this on a forum and like i know that if your boyfriend reveals he's a superhero it's like if he was leading you on for this long he he doesn't really like value you that much i thought (laughs) yeah for me i liked that it was kind of I like that Amber went against the grain of what we expect from the damsel in distress, right? Yeah. We should, because right. well, she's not a damsel in distress. If anything, Mark was the damsel in distress in the beginning, and she totally kicks that guy in the nuts. But she doesn't care that he's a superhero because maybe she's also disillusioned to what superheroes are in this world, which is like overpowered, violent people. She yeah. wants to create the world that she uh, wants to live in, and she does things that are more direct action. Um, so I don't know. I like that she kind of went against the grain there. It did frustrate me as well, but I think she's well. Uh, she has a good foundation for why she reacts that way. And uh, and I totally I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you on all these things. But it's bullshit that at the end she like gets back with him. That's that's what's frustrating <laughs> is that she she makes that call that oh like you're you've been lying to me you've been stringing me along you've been a bad boyfriend for five months easy breakup. But then oh he hurts too you know like like I now I'm gonna be with him because now it's someone that like oh he's been lied to too you know like oh, his dad was mean therefore uh, I, I can be with him again right. Okay, what um what else does this remind you of? Um, it's, it has great Justice League commentary, right? Like the Guardians of the Globe are, the, they are the Justice League. Like, yes, yeah, they literally, all, <laughs> they, yeah, it's, it's very obvious. Uh, War, yeah. War Woman's Wonder Woman, like, uh, Red Rush is the Flash. I, I can go on, but the, Darkwing, they're, they're all yeah. Yeah. Darkwing. I love Dark. I love when like Darkwing is about to die at the beginning. He's just going to get crushed by a tank. Very low bar of like <laughs> superhero deaths. Yeah. And, uh, but again, he's just normal which is why it's hilarious that like he even attempts fighting on um uh and it also reminds me of the boys i think that's more so right like it's also on amazon prime yep um but it's the violence the the more so the commentary about superheroes itself uh it's they're they're one in the same almost right and you can definitely put omni-man on the same kind of level as homelander where it's like yeah. the all-powerful like superman stand-in and how does he interact with the world when we stop putting like making him nice or yeah. he could potentially be bad so um, right. which actually is something that they do with superman literally all the time every time i've seen superman on screen <laughs> they're like what if Superman fought the hero. Exactly, and man. I, that's the, I, it that's the thing. Is super, so Superman's Superman is boring, and the only way they figured out to make him interesting is they make him what if evil, and they do that again <laughs> for this show. So, yeah, I um, yeah, I, I I was super impressed. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I one of my regrets, Benjamin, is not telling you that I saw the ending coming before I did before I watched it. I knew he was going to be, turn out to be some sort of fascist. I just, it was obvious to me. It was telegraphed so obviously to me. I thought, and so when he's like finally like, oh yeah, I was here and I'm here like to conquer you. It was like, yeah, of course you are. Oh, you've been, you've right, been yeah. saying that this whole time, actually. We just, no one's heard you. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've heard people say they're disappointed with the reveal because it would be interesting if there was some sort of like, actually, the Guardians of the Galaxy are, are part of, or Guardians, <laughs> of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Globe are part of some sort of, you know, they're the fascists and they were tricking you all. Right. I'm actually the good guy. Nobody believes me. Um, but I don't know. I think they're building towards something better. Hopefully this ends up. I, they're building being- toward his redemption. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he has to come. Back. Well, because because. Here's here's the only logical next step, right? Is is like the 
well, the Viltrum Empire is going to come to Earth to try to conquer it. And in that time frame, Mark is going to be gone. He'll be away from Earth training right that's like the whole you'll have the whole training montage where he's either learning from someone else who thinks the viltrum empire is evil that is a viltrumite or from his father who's like realizes who's been exiled from the yeah because you abandoned his post yeah yeah now of course these are all just guesses right you didn't these, read yes, invincible these, and the, yes, spoil it these <laughs> these are guesses i did not spoil anything right, i have because, not read a single chapter right and we have another <laughs> contributor another affable chat correspondent who has definitely read this entire story and i really? i'm desperately telling like, please do not tell me what happens in the future <laughs> i know that invincible is different um the the show has rearranged the order of things it, you know revealed characters earlier than they were in the comic all that stuff it's it's different but it's also the same and I don't want to hear how it ends yet, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we've got years to go in Invincible, hopefully, and we don't want to know anything. No spoilers, obviously. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get a little imaginative here, okay, Anthony? Um, okay. If you could invent a superhero for the Invincible uh, cinematic universe that you would play, the, this, you yourself would become a character in the show, what superhero would that be and what are their powers? Oh my god! I like this is such a hard question. Because I, like, I I really really identify, and this is like like this may paint a dark color on me. Like, okay. It might not look good here, but I I really identify with Doom. Okay, like uh-huh. he's a Doctor persona Doom that I've yes, from Doctor Doom Four. Yeah. from the Fantastic Four. Um, uh, not that we have literally anything in common, <laughs> but that I I I've due to our fantasy league and and i've spent years like living underneath his persona on like online yeah Yeah. on online um uh, his powers are great but he's such a fun one i think being a villain in this universe would always be cool okay um i think fighting cecil is is really where the money is and like (laughs) and like going against damien darkblood would would like uh, like oh i would love like a um uh, like a detective versus detective battle uh, sure. between like Damien Darkblood and myself. You know, like, <laughs> right, what's your um, name? What's your name? What's your character? Uh, I um I I don't <sighs> I don't I really don't know. <laughs> you just want to okay, say well, or do you I, not know? <laughs> I don't know. You got you guys can go ahead. Okay, well I'll, I'll go next with my character that I invented. Um, and I think this is actually a bit I did on a different podcast. But uh, so my character is going to be the Psychonaut. Okay, and um. And I wear like, uh, well, actually, let me start with my power. So the Psychonaut has the power of psychedelics and he can influence people's mental states and make them high on command. Um, and, but he has power over it. So he can also make them stop being high as well. Right. And like his origin story would be that like, he was like, uh, he got too like high smoking weed before class. Actually. Yeah. Like he, he, well, okay. Obviously the origin of him would be that he would hit like some mystical bong that gives him these powers. And then he realizes that like later on, he's like going to class and he forgot he had a test that day and he was high, but then he realized he had the power to stop being high on command and like resume being high. So that's where he kind of starts exploring his powers. But then beyond that, so like he would, you know, make his enemies trip and make them have a bad trip and like freak out, Mm. or he can use his powers for good and like influence people's mental states in a positive way to like get them to stop freaking out or to, you know, deal with PTSD and stuff like that. So kind of both sides, good and bad uses of his powers. Um, And then other powers include 
riding a flying skateboard using Dorito <laughs> shurikens that can uh, like that can pierce <laughs> things, but he can also eat them. Like they're also just Doritos, and he also has constricting funyuns that like he throws them and they expand and then they wrap around like the evil doer. Oh my god! And captures them. <laughs> And of course, he's wearing a tie-dye jumpsuit right. that when he makes people really like stoned, they see visions in like oh, his like costume. Scarecrow kind of thing. Wow. Like yes, yeah, a lot like Scarecrow. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, um, so there we go. The Psycho Knot. That's who I would definitely play. That was fantastic. I love that. I love it a lot. <laughs> All right, Joey, what about you? I got, um, uh, I mean, if I'm going to fit into the Invincible universe, then I have to, you know, kind of follow that same formula. So I'd be a, a um. Uh, what's it? I'd be a um a superhero with a name something like light up, shine, flare, you know, blaze, glare, you know, something like that. Lightning, you know. I would dress uh-huh. in yellow and red. My powers would be to run really fast so that I could travel back in time. And I know what you're gonna say about like traveling, like running really fast. I know um that's something that uh Omni Man has to say. Hey, he could run fast. Okay, it's not exactly one of your premier superpowers. He's wrong. He's definitely <laughs> wrong about that. Running fast is one of the best superpowers. Anyway, my whole gimmick would be that I am constantly traveling back in time, traveling back in time to uh, just a couple of minutes to warn myself against doing something stupid. Like, don't eat that. It doesn't taste as good as it, as it looks. Uh, don't watch that movie. It sucks. Uh, watch out. You're about to make a wrong turn down that street. Uh, you should invest in Dogecoin. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Joey, could you could you run forward through time as well, or you only go backwards? In time? I could run forward in time, whatever whatever direction I want to. Sideways, you know, um, upside oh, down, sideways, whatever sideways whatever time, time so direction could, goes. You could run so fast that you go to a different timeline. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's, exactly. That's what it sounds like to me. Wow. So wait, what's your name? Oh, you know, like uh, I don't know, fl- uh, not not Flash, obviously. Uh, so maybe a synonym for that, you know, oh, flare, I see. Uh, flare, twinkle, glimmer, blaze, uh, yeah. blast. Gleam. I just have a okay. I have a thesaurus open right now. I see. <laughs> I see. I like gleam or sparkle. Yeah, I, sparkle pretty pretty good. I, I was kind of stuck on Blaze. <laughs> I thought Blaze was pretty cool, but yeah. Um Ben, what's the uh what's the guy from my hero academia? The uh he's like shining ray of light beam. Oh, <laughs> the guy his shoots- name is like out he of his shoots, belly button. Yeah, he shoots it out of his N- belly. His button. naval laser. I don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it is something as like or it's like blinding, twinkling light stream. Yeah. Like it's like something ridiculous. It's a bunch like, of words. Yeah. <laughs> like but, it's me. I'm twinkling, blinding light stream. Well, I want to go back and comment on what Omni Man said because I totally agree. Running fast is one of the premier powers. In fact, it's the probably the only superhero that stood a chance against him in that entire group because he was saving all the other heroes and. And then also punched the shit out of Omni-Man as he was dying. Yeah, so yeah. I, I thought Red Rush was, in my opinion, the po- most powerful superhero there. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, that's why he had the to die thing first. Is, the thing is, is that he could have been more powerful if they had, like, if they, if he could travel in time, let's say. Mm. Like, yeah. He would run backwards in time. Uh, yeah. To, to see it. Because he knew it was coming. I just like that both it, parts of his name are Russian references. First of all, he's red, like the Soviet like colors. And also Rush as in Russian. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I I mean, I like... Um, I, if you were going to try to constrain down your superhero abilities, Joey, it would be interesting if you could only go back in time and mm. you would continue to age forward yeah. so that you would have this problem where it's like, I can't do it too much or else I'm going to get too old. And uh, and then your, your hero name would definitely be Backtrack. Uh, 
that would be uh, easy, oh, like nice. put it on top of that. But okay, it's like the, yeah, uh, the Nega version yeah. of Monster Girl, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as she gets younger, you get older. Um, but okay, that, I think those are great additions. Maybe we'll see them in season two if the if they are listening to this podcast and need extra. Actually, I, like if you read the Amazon X rays, a lot of the characters we see are brand new mm. in like in the Invincible universe. Oh, really? Like for instance, that guy who fights Eve, Adam Eve. Um, like these really strong and uh, no in the tryouts for the guardians of the globe he's the okay, blonde okay. guy with huge muscles and he like he flexes his pecs at her and he's like huh, huh, before they start fighting <laughs> that guy's name is uh he's the hunk and uh, he's nice. obviously supposed to be the hulk but he's like an attractive white guy instead of being green <laughs> so another kind of spin-off but the amazon said he wasn't in the original comic yeah i was wondering what so. he his deal was like is this guy just big like <laughs> i don't get it right and the, the the gorilla guy that shrinking ray fights after is also new for the show cool. um, there's a there's a bunch of them actually that they did so uh very well could see the psychonaut or glimmering sh- uh, shimmering uh blaze <laughs> backtrack over here. yes backtrack yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's move on to the next question Anthony, what is your favorite episode of season one and why? I've thought about this one a lot. Uh, episode six definitely jumped up the ladder, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think my favorite episode is the fifth episode, which is, uh, oh crap. Episode five is That Actually Hurt is yes, the name of it. Which, which is where um, Invincible teams up with Titan. Yes. Right. And, and, uh, and takes down Machine Head, which is an amazing villain. Yes. I loved, I loved his, like, his auto-tuned voice. Yes. Was amazing. Yeah. Um, it's such a great, like, character idea. And also, like, him just being the crime boss. And it's like, obviously, you can beat me up, Invincible, but I have money. <laughs> yes. You know, like, the real the power superpower. of money. Yeah, the real superpower. And, um... <clears throat> The reason I love that episode so much is up to this point, the show has established that it can and will kill characters. Um, So potentially characters like Monster Girl or Robot or Black Samson could die at any point in time. Um, And when they're fighting with... uh, I'm just gonna call him Battle Cat. I don't actually... Oh, his name is actually Battle Beast. Battle Beast. Yeah. Um, Battle Beast like shreds them like he is so much stronger than all of them and almost kills all like almost kills black samson uh which went oh my god when he breaks black samson's arm it is gruesome oh yeah um but he so he like he almost kills black samson monster girl and invincible in like one fell swoop and and it was it was one of the jaw one of the many jaw dropping moments but one that's earlier on and um and i thought that these characters that i was like like especially monster girl i liked monster girl's concept a lot i was like holy shit they're gonna kill her now to kind of i don't know show that this universe is capable of something like that or more capable of it than just killing off the guardians of the globe yeah no totally agree i thought she was dead for sure well i I, is that really true though because because they didn't because they didn't die though they they didn't die but at that point in time you thought it it's still could happen right Right, but then they did not um, i mean that's the thing no character that dies in the show is in that w- more than one episode besides maybe like the immortal that's true you know and he has like less um, he, i think he has less screen time than uh todd <laughs> 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 the i don't know that that's 
I guess it's more so like the first time seeing also like the Titan, like t- Titan actually being like playing invincible the whole time, yeah. like Omni Man being right that you know, t- uh, that invincible is getting played. Um, and it also sets up like what's next, um, because they do show right, they show t- Titan again at the end, um, and he's talking with like that dragon guy who that the that dragon character is supposed to play a much larger role moving forward um and yeah. he, it's also it, that's the dragon that was in uh where are they in france oh or really wherever uh where yeah <clears throat> omni man and debbie were for like lunch at that cafe yeah. right and he's like let cecil yeah. earn his paycheck he's like, i'm on vacation i mean that's something that's something that I'm sure I'll appreciate later, but I also kind of didn't appreciate in season one is that they were definitely setting up a lot of stuff for future yeah. seasons where you don't get to actually see what exactly is going. Like, for instance, like the trip to Mars was almost exclusively to set up the future villain for next season, I guess, uh, with those little. Well, alien I mean, guys. it's like, also what, to set up like what's going on on Earth, right? The whole point was to get Omni-Man off world to investigate him. And then they, sure, but then they sure. send Mark because Cecil's taking that bet that what if Mark could defeat Omni Man? I guess I, I'm not going to say the the entire point of going to Mars, but there wasn't really an adventure on Mars besides like just meeting the Martians and then coming back, right? Like it was, I, I felt like there was something missing as opposed to the actual villain being there. But what I'm trying to say is, I'm sure I'll appreciate all that much more when those things come right. to fruition. Um, but but they definitely were setting them up. But also, this is a great choice for favorite episode because Titan is so emblematic of kind of this. Uh, gray area that justice yeah. exists within in this show um, and that's very much part of this late stage superhero uh, like media culture that we're in where it's not so easy to say who's a good guy and who's a bad guy I mean they give you so many examples of Titan in the beginning like doing something bad but then also doing something good like he's brutalizing all these gangsters but then he's like that was a warning for you like go tell the others what happened here and that kid shoots him in the face with a shotgun and he still doesn't kill yeah. him you know and then later he burns down that building but he gives all the people who live in that building money to go stay somewhere else so he's like I mean, it's so on the nose, but he, Titan literally is gray. You know, like you can't tell if he's a good guy or yeah. a bad guy. And I think that's a really interesting. I mean, everybody's kind of that way. All these heroes have the choice to be totally good or totally bad, uh, or land somewhere on that spectrum. But Titan, especially, I think, is a, a specific case of that. And it's it, it'll be interesting to see where that goes now that he has power. Yeah, I also really like that episode for all those reasons you just you just guys just said. And that battle at the end with battle cat with battle beast is <laughs> battle um <laughs> is unexpectedly brutal you don't expect it to go that way you really think they're going to go in there and like and have the upper hand but it just goes it goes south so quick even after the team team shows up team i call them team 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 shows up they're what? still like <laughs> they, that's that guardians yeah. of the globe at that point like you're right you're right they graduate. right right guardians of the team no and it's yeah no and i i I have to respect what you said, Joey. It's like none of them did die. But at that moment, I had was thoroughly under the impression that anybody could die at any moment. And I think for them to keep that feeling alive, then we do need to see some yeah. main characters die. But I think in that moment, I thought for sure anyone was capable of dying. Yeah, let, let was, me also let me also push that some of us had to wait a week to see what happened next. <laughs> like like <laughs> after that after that happened, I was literally like, I just had to sit on my couch and be like Oh my God! All, did they just kill all these characters? Like, what is the show about? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Um, yeah, because I was definitely watching the next episode right away for sure. There's no way I was going to sit yeah. between those. Well, I was I was going to say I binged the show in two days. And I after the second day, like waking up on the third day, I definitely looked like Omni-Man in episode <laughs> eight with my eyes all bloodshot. <laughs> I stayed up too yeah. late watching it. I just couldn't turn it off. Like the first episode I watched, I watched it like 11 p.m. So at midnight, I had just seen the Guardians of the Globe get murdered <laughs> out of nowhere. And I'm like, I'm not going to bed now. <laughs> yeah, I also, I love uh, the, uh, yeah. like, all the post-credit stuff. Like, Omni-Man killing the Guardians of the Globe is post-credit. Like, if, if you jump the gun yeah. and just, like, turn it off. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, if you're doing that, if you've seen a superhero content for the last 10 years and you're still cutting things off at the credits, then you deserve it. <laughs> like, that's your own fault. Like, that's always, like, I would open mouth, like, laugh at people who would leave the yeah, Marvel yeah. movies as soon as the credit rolls. Like, how do you not know about the post credit scenes at this point? Um, but anyways, okay, Joey, I think we're ready for the next question. Okay. Um, in a world of superheroes, what does accountability look like? Is the Global Defense Agency doing a good job of that? Mm, I think that the, I think that Cecil is, again, he's like with Titan, he's so gray. Um, mm -hmm. and we'll kind of touch on that more later too, but I, I like, even though he's doing stuff that is like bad, um, it's for earth, right? It's like to defend earth. This is, this is what it costs. Um, so I don't know, like a lot of these characters aren't going to be held accountable for their actions. Like, and, and I, which I find strange because it's like, if you're going to have, uh, um, the, uh, Oh my God! I'm blanking on the the twins' names. The Mauler twins. The Mauler twins. Like, why are you gonna lock those dudes up? They clearly have some next level. Not like they brought the immortal back to life. You idiots! Like, you <laughs> use them to bring back your other heroes. Like, they they, I don't know. Like, it seems like that they they hold some people accountable to some things that I don't agree with, and others like they don't hold everyone to the same standard. And I mm. think that 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 should mm -hmm. change. If if I were Cecil, right. Sure. But at the same time, yeah, it's like he does exist in this gray area because it seems like all the things he's, are, he's doing are for the greater good. You could definitely have an alternate Cecil where he uses the powers that he has to, you know, control humans or to take over countries. You know, like they have a lot of firepower and a lot of advanced tech in the Global Defense Agency. And it seems like they kind of keep that away from worldly affairs and use it specifically for the supernatural. Right. Yeah, I think it's a... Uh... It's an interesting area that they, an interesting problem that they're faced with, which is how do you hold Superman to account and how do you keep him within reins, right? Because at any point he could just do what he did and there's nothing that they could do about it. Their, be their best defense was the Guardians of the Globe, which put up a good fight, but, you know, ultimately it was, uh, it was, it wasn't enough. And um, everything that Cecil throws at them at the, in the last, uh, the second to last episode is still not enough. It's still not, um, uh, it only slows him down. It doesn't actually stop him. Even when they hit him with that freaking laser from space. Oh my God, the hammer. The second time, the second time they hit him with it, he just drives right through the beam. Yeah. Like, it's nothing. It, it, it doesn't knock him down. It, it barely scratches him. It gives him a nosebleed. It did give him a nosebleed. Yeah, $400 yeah. million dollar nosebleed. <laughs> Not the biggest waste of money I've ever heard. So I was actually surprised by that <laughs> low number for the Global Defense Agency. But like, it's. Um, was it, wait, was it 400 million or 400 billion? I think he said 400 million. 
but uh, I, could I, th- be wrong. I think it was 400 billion dollars. You might be right. Yeah, I mean, if uh, for a laser in space, geocentric, th- yeah. you know, something like that. A laser like that, dude. What, like, uh, there's some things where it's like, where was this when this monster was attacking? Right, right. <laughs> like, well, it's just a lot of damage. I mean, it kills I guess everything. That's true. Yeah, within, that's true within too. the can't, range. Can't do that in a city. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the birds? The birds all bit the dust. It's crazy. And it. it I think it is four hundred billion dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Googled everyone knows that birds are just government agency uh, right. drones. So of course they would die. <laughs> they, they had to turn them off. So that yeah, they turn them off. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it's uh, they're in a really tough tough position, and it's interesting seeing Cecil try to solve that problem and ultimately fail over and over again. Um, it just and yet try to hold himself, like, try to keep some cards to himself, right? He has that, like, has all these secrets that he doesn't let anybody know about because he's trying to keep the world safe. Um, and it makes him, you know, it makes him do some crazy stuff. Yeah, he's kind of put in an impossible position. I mean, he he says, like, I hate me too. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he feels like he has to take some action, but there's almost no winning. It's like whatever he does is going to be harmful in some way. Um, so, yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to, this is a question about perception, okay? So what is the difference between duplicates perception as multiple people and the perception of people who go through the Mahler brothers cloning process? Um, Because they put such an emphasis on the continuous perception that these clones have, where they become, you take one uh, like stream of consciousness and split it in two, continuously so how do you feel like it doesn't seem like it's as serious when duplicate becomes multiple people so any thoughts on? i that? think that duplicate is is um it's each clone is its own consciousness it's it's a, and mm-hmm. but they all identify as the real kate um uh, uh <clears throat> this universe doesn't doesn't really i feel like outside of the mauler twins doesn't really um f- uh you know flesh it out as much but in uh in my hero, there's a character who also splits himself into multiple entities, and he goes crazy if he's not wearing like his mask because he feels like he's splitting in two. Because uh, he cl- he he kept cloning himself until he didn't know if he was real or not. If he if he was the original, if he was the clone. Um, yeah. And I feel like mm-hmm. the same things with duplicate. Like she does have the one and twos written on her, so it's kind of weird that mm-hmm. only the one would be left. But she keeps splitting herself when she's almost dying to like keep herself alive. So it's just a new stream of consciousness. I don't think it transfers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's definitely um it because they they tr- kind of comment on this when uh rex is cheating on eve and he says this isn't even the yeah. real kate we're and then the they're like kate. we're all the real yeah. kate which is definitely different from the mauler twins where they're like no i'm the original yeah. no i'm the original <laughs> so i don't know i kind of i kind of like that and i will we'll circle back to the to mauler twins later so okay so another thing at the end of the series in episode eight when omni-man is trying to convince mark to do what's his duty as a viltrumite uh Omni-Man kind of gives his opinion on the value of human life. And when you live for thousands of years, I think that you could make the case that human life isn't quite as valuable or, or you can, it would change your perception on how you value life. So what do you think of Omni-Man's opinion of the value well, of Well, obviously life? his opinion on most things are like fucked up. <laughs> um, Cause he like the, like the Viltrumite empire is so brutal and, and it's 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 only objective is power, you know. Like the it's never about quality of life or anything like that. Um, it's it's just about d- pure domination. 
Um, so his opinion on anything is 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 skewed. But I I agree that if like if you're living for thousands of years, like you're gonna see like when you live for, when you live for that long, sure. What's another seventeen years, right? Like I can make another sure. Kid, but um, I don't know. Like he's got a point to some extent, right? Like that you know his mark's time on earth could be meaningless if he's living so much longer than the rest of them or at least his relationships that he could establish like his relationships with amber could be nothing because it's such a small speck of time in his life yeah it's it's hard to even conceptualize as a yeah. human where you're like yeah i mean 20 years for me is a long time but for omni-man he's like didn't I just get to Earth? Like when he was t- reminiscing on his relationship with Debbie, he's like, "Yeah, remember? Like that just happened." She's like, "That was like seventeen right. years ago." And he's like, "Oh shit!" Like, time flies. I, like my my concept of time is completely different from yours. Um, so I don't know. It's it's interesting because I I think that makes it so that he's not totally irredeemable. Um, and obviously, you know, being like, eh, "All humans could die, and I wouldn't care." is a pretty irredeemable stance but you have to look at it from like the perception of being an alien from another planet where time just cha- is a completely different concept right and also like humans also being aliens right like like he's not yeah. human like he doesn't see these people mm-hmm. as people they don't they're not even they're not on the same page with him like he is he's the viltrumites are right they're not human so they're just coming to this world that is barbaric to them like the technology that they have is far superior um which i wonder if their technology plays a role like in why they're so powerful why they're so strong Mm -hmm. um because they look just like humans right like and it's bizarre how similar they look to humans in a world like when you have alan the alien who looks very different from humans despite being bipedal it's really interesting that viltrumites look this much so much so that they can breed yeah i I was just about to say dude the downstairs must all work the same so yeah as smooth as that area looks when he's wearing the jumpsuit, it's, it's certainly this must be the same. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think anyone. And this gets to my larger point. I think I think anyone, even a human on Earth, if they gained such unlimited power, they would come to the same exact conclusion that Omni Man does. Like humans are inferior, and they don't know what's best for themselves. Because ultimately, like you guys said, he would outlive any person, right? And he. Even if he's deeply connected with the people he grew up with, those people will grow old and die. I mean, imagine living through a generation, right? Imagine watching a group of people be born, grow up, grow old, and die. Like, that's going to disconnect yeah. you from th- any, like, life form you have yeah. on planet. Like, the, the, simulation, the simulation he says where he says uh, his wife is like a pet is, I think, a really good one. I think that's a really good metaphor because it's... um. Uh, it is like that. Like you, you can have multiple dogs throughout your life, right? And you'll watch them grow up and die. And uh, you know, to them, like you are living for like uh, seven times longer than they are. Like that's you're like some special like elf or something like that. You know, you're something else. And so, and from that perspective, like you're gonna be disconnected from that. We already see this with like when people don't have this kind of physical power. If you just have any sort of power over other people, you start thinking of them as lesser than you. That's just like a natural human tendency. So the fact that he reaches this conclusion, I feel like, is just inevitable. Do you and think? So 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you think that that's more so because he like outside of his length of time that he exists, it's also because he just is like he could just like if he wanted to, he could just spearhead into the center of Earth and make it explode. Right. There's nothing that we could do. I mean, um, that's what that's what the Global Defense Agency's whole thing is, is that. There's there's literally nothing that they can do for me. But would would someone who let's just say like normal human day to day life can live thousands of years, right? Sure. Is that does that person come to the same conclusion that um, if, that it, human if life is else, meaningless? If everyone else is, it doesn't have that right. If everyone else uh, uh, is normal, then I think so. I think the tr- the answer is yes. I the the um. The example is Altered Carbon. You ever see that show on Netflix? Yeah, I've, I've, I actually have seen it. The, so there's, they call them, I can't remember what they call them, like the meses or something. Like there's these group of people that uh, jump they bodies. In, they, live in the, they live in the clouds, right? Right, right. And, they, and they constantly talk about how much better and how much more evolved they are than the rest of humanity because they right. think of themselves as gods right. because they can live so much longer than everybody else. Yeah. Um, which is, and like they don't have any special abilities, right? They just have a lot of money, basically. But they already have positioned themselves physically and mentally above everyone else. Yeah, and you're totally I th- right. I think that's just where people go. I think that's really where it is. You get to actively fight, actively fight against that in order for it to happen. So that any sort of like any sort of separation here is going to be dangerous and going to end you end up in that same conclusion. I even think that Adam Eve's arc supports this worldview because she becomes a force of nature. She's randomly dishing out good fortune, you know, to people the same way that nature does. At a certain point, she stops being a person and just becomes a fact of life. You know, Omni-Man poses an existential threat to humanity, but the same way that like a a meteor does, right? Oh no, Superman destroyed my house. Shit happens. You know, you know, it wasn't personal. It's just him doing his thing. So like at that point, like there's, I feel like the, 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 uh, Conclusion is inevitable, right? You become uh, something other than a person. You become a force of nature. You're closer to something like, I don't know, like gravity than you are a, uh, a person or a human. Um, and over a long scale of time, it eventually leads you to that place. Um, so I, like, I think that the show like, ultimately kind of endorses this because it is making the separation between normal people and superheroes and showing you how awesome it is to be a superhero and how shitty it is to be a normal person because you could just be killed for no reason yeah wow no i totally agree like this show really puts humanity like makes them bugs essentially like when you see the flaxons invade and they start blasting people and they just explode and die instantly it's like okay well yeah that's humans uh now the real characters (laughs) now what we see is like people value the superheroes will engage with that um, right, yeah. which is another part problem I have with the show is that there isn't enough human characters. You have Debbie, and you have like Art. You have a, and like I guess Cecil technically and Cecil. Amber and sure William. They, they technically count, I guess, but they're not like there. There's no stakes for them. I don't really feel like they're going. There's I don't feel like they're going to kill Zazie Beats. You know, like I I feel like they're just gonna um, they're just gonna keep existing, and you know, I want them to help ground our our story in something real, but they're. They should be actively horrified, I guess, by the fact that superheroes exist and that they pose such a threat to them as just just for existing. They definitely looked pretty freaked out when they saw uh, Omni-Man punch the like punch straight through the immortal right. on live TV. But like Big that reveal moment that, for the uh, whole Earth. That's just a worst case scenario, right? That threat always existed. 
and still exists. True. You know, it, especially after he said that he was going to protect them. Right. Look to the skies. I will be even there. if and other people like even him. if Omni Man never shows me. up again. Right. You, you know, you still have Mark. You still have characters like Adam Eve who have unlimited power. There's nothing anyone can do about it. So, uh, and without any sort of accountability or anything like that, like they're just free to reach the conclusion that I feel like is inevitable, which is that you know humans deserve to be ruled. So yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think that's why I don't know. Is it, I, to me, that's what makes Omni Man a little bit more compelling than just being like I'm literally a fascist. Like it's uh, it's just I also have a viewpoint that's beyond normal perception of reality because i'm an alien so that's and that is definitely in here include that in my world thought process i'm not just doing this to be evil it also makes sense kind of to me sure but it doesn't um, but yeah. the the thing that the show doesn't connect is the fact that it's not just him right he just reaches it before anyone else does he everyone right. else has that same problem and like that's the thing with like a Superman story, right? It's like Superman just never decides to take over the world. That's just how it works, right? Unless he turns evil because they run out of stories. Um, he he just decides, oh, you know, I'm just gonna be good, right? And we just kind of have to trust that he's gonna do that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay, I got another question for you, Anthony. Sure. Um, there are so many super. There's so much superhero media uh, over the last decade. What, in your view, makes Invincible unique? Besides some of the stuff that we've already mentioned. Yeah, we've mentioned a lot about what makes it unique. Um, I just think right now it's, it is, I don't know if I want to claim this yet because I really <laughs> love my hero, but it's, yeah. it, Invincible is definitely the best like um, American made animation for superhero content right now. Oh, it's definitely an American anime. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, but like like I don't know, I love an unnecessary amount of violence sometimes, like and this definitely hits that nerve for me. Um where a lot of superhero stuff is more so PG-13. Uh this is I I I love cuz like it's just like you said earlier, Joey. It's it's you really want to see what these th- people can do. And mm-hmm. sometimes it means like sticking someone's head through a train and watching like a hundred people be blown to death. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that's that. And also, I mean the, we mentioned it earlier, but like all the characters are great. Like they're, while they, while some of them might be knockoff versions of justice league characters or, um, or just plain high schoolers. I still think that each of them are unique and I want to know more about them. Yeah. I think the the depths of characters here is, uh, a great aspect um for sure right and i i just to add in like I, I don't know if this necessarily makes it unique but invincible does have a modern day feel for instance like the love interest is black and also strong and independent we kind of talked about she's kind of the counter to the damsel in distress she's not impressed that mark is a superhero um you know so she she kind of defines herself a little bit more than the, the classic love interest William is gay, which I know is shouldn't be something that stands out, but I do feel like that stands out. In, like it's not something they point out and they're like, "Hey, look, he's gay," but that is the truth of the matter, which feels a little bit more progressive. Doc Seismic makes very oh, social justice yes. arguments about why he should be able to destroy Mount Rushmore with his earthquake gloves, which aren't actually gloves; they're more of bracelets. And then, um, and then Eve's relationship with Rex too, and maybe this is a little less modern, but like she has 
agency. When Rex does something terrible, she's able to leave, and his attempt to win her back is completely fruitless. She's able to just say, no, I'm not going to take this, and I'm going to go. So there's aspects like that that feel a little bit more progressive, a little bit more modern, that I feel like sets Invincible apart as well. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so this kind of goes along with what you guys were just saying, but like, where does Invincible fall in terms of postmodern slash satirical superhero stories for you? Um, you know, I, I mean, right now it's, I have recency bias. So like, yeah. I just watched it for my second time. Um, and you know, I, I, I loved every second of it. At, at no point was I like, Oh, this episode, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's very good. I I also really liked The Boys. I thought that that was one of the best shows that I had seen recently as well. Um, but in the in the, just the most most of the satirical superhero shows, um, I would definitely rank Invincible as one of the top top two. Right, that and The Boys. Um, but how does it compare to something like Endgame that has taken decades? or decade to build up um it's definitely not there yet right like uh, invincible is uh, you're not i'm not weeping at uh, spoiler alert at at tony stark's death right like like uh omni man leaves i'm not crying um so but we'll see i think invincible there's obviously a ton of depth to the show there's a lot that could be built up there's a lot that they could do any direction they could take i'm just looking forward to where it ends up yeah i think you're right i think it has a it's starting its journey. It has a long way to go. Um, so we'll see where that ends up and if it continues to kind of evolve as that goes on. Benjamin, you have any thoughts? And if it continues, well, and if it continues to be cutting edge, um, one of the things, like if you've ever seen Westworld season one, there's a lot of intrigue yeah. and uh, the whole reason to watch the show is you're like, what is actually going on? And I feel like that was kind of the reason you watch season one of Invincible. Not the reason, but a major reason is you're like, what is the Omni-Man story? Mm-hmm. Why did Omni-Man kill the literal Justice League? Yeah. And you have to bring something like that moving forward. Um, I, I know the show is awesome, but if it, without that, I don't know if I think of Invincible as quite a transcendent show. And I hope that they don't rest on their laurels and the death of the, Guardi- the original Guardians of the Globe ends up being like the biggest jaw dropper sure. and everything after that is kind of downhill. So it's, it definitely has to continue to be yeah, that Yeah, I also hope that they don't like, you know, and obviously... The story already exists, so if I really want to know, I can go find out. But I, I really hope that the next direction isn't something like, oh, we kill the Guardians again. You know, like, that <laughs> is not as... That's not fun, right? That's not new. Um, right. You know, you can do that in the future, but, like, don't don't let it be the ne- the same thing again. Right. Yeah, I think this um, show has... Is in more danger than something like The Boys or Watchmen into falling into, like, a classic superhero like arc because it is indulging a lot more in in that stuff than those other shows are um but i think um it has the potential to go into some really interesting directions so um i'm, I'm hopeful all right so that concludes our questions for you anthony do you have any questions that you want to pose to us yes i have two um first of all uh at the end of this uh at the end of the season the new Guardians of the Globe uh, wash off the blood from the old Guardians of the Globe in their, like, headquarters. And Cecil left that there as, like, a message to be like, you haven't earned it yet, right? Like, like one day it'll come, maybe, but 
this blood is to remind you that Omni-Man is out there and he could, you know, kill all of you. Um, and uh, Rexplode starts to clean it off and then there's a little confrontation and they end up all cleaning it off. Uh, did they warrant cleaning it off? Did they, did they warrant removing the blood from the old Guardians of the Globe? I say no. I was pretty surprised that they were doing that already. What did the original Guardians of the Globe do that earned them their title anyways? Because obviously they're highly regarded. Maybe it's just the cons- like the amount of justice they served out. But like, was there some sort of crowning achievement that the Guardians of the Globe did where they were like, okay, now you're the premier superheroes of Earth, right? Yeah, I'm, I wonder if it's like, um, like, because this also plays into what we were talking about earlier, but like how long have they existed, right? Have the Guardians of the Globe been around longer than Omni-Man himself? Mm-hmm. Were they formed in in the idea that they had to stop Omni-Man who ended up joining them. Like, uh, you know, what, what's their, what's kind of their role in this? Right. Because if your crowning achievement is stopping the Mauler twins from a destroying the white house, well, robot should definitely deserve to clean the blood off the wall then because right. he handled the Mauler twins himself. So, I guess he played them like a fiddle, actually. <laughs> yeah. He did more than just stop them. Right. You know? <laughs> and so it's it's difficult to know exactly what level of clout you're supposed to be at, because obviously the Guardians of the Globe couldn't stop Omni-Man either. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't feel like cleaning up after the destruction of Invincible slash Omni-Man was that big of an achievement? That, I, I don't know. Like it, They yeah, obviously like, did a good thing, but that wasn't Omni-Man stopping level superhero yeah and work. the thing was is that they never really like prevent they never prevented any of this <laughs> yeah. violence you know like all these people still were vicious viciously murdered i think like, they said that the death like the human capital was like incalculable yeah so not exactly your best day on the job <laughs> yeah superhero. it's like yeah the, the death toll is incalculable but the guardians did save 10 people right you know like yeah, yeah they moved some rocks like around. what Right. Yeah, so all all of that was was just I don't know. I was kind of frustrated that that happened. Agreed. I thought that Black Samson was right to step in, and then um, I thought it was a bold choice of Monster Girl to become younger just to make a point <laughs> to say like, yes. we're gonna be a team now and stop. Yeah. So I, I I think that yeah maybe that wasn't so well executed. Um. All right, and then uh, this kind of plays into the value of human life that um, Omni Man has for humanity, right? Uh what's the relationship with his with his tailor um what does anyone have his name does anyone art rosenbaum art um he so right he builds the he makes the super suits um and <laughs> omni man goes what i thought was to confront him about what him and debbie talked about which was the death of the guardians and omni man just kind of goes to like hang out have a couple beers and kind of be like hey like you're still in my corner right you know like but he could have just murdered him, right? Human life is meaningless. He reminds him what he's capable of. That beer handoff where he hands him the beer and Art grabs it, but Omni-Man holds onto it for an extra second to remind him, like, you're doing what I allow you to do. Like, he was kind of giving, I think, flexing but, on him. Right, but what's Which the is an obvious point to make. He's literally... <laughs> right, but, like, what is what is Art's role to Omni-Man that's so important, right? Like, he, Omni-Man doesn't need a super suit anymore. He's now a villain, right? Well, he could just... Sure, but I think Art and Debbie represent his ties to humanity. It's clear okay. that... the that um Because Omni-Man, this is a job for Omni-Man. He makes that very clear. But... 
there he goes beyond the job description to get married have a kid go to baseball games and go fishing with art i think that these are the ties that make and obviously mark but mark is technically a viltramite these ties force omni-man to put or they they compel omni-man to put value into humanity to contradict okay. what is so obviously true to him that they're they don't really matter but he has a relationship with art he has a relationship with debbie these are people that he cares about even if it goes against his better judgment yeah that's how i see it okay yeah that's that's great I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I thought he was going to kill him. That's what I thought was going to happen. Then he shows up at the end. Yeah. I thought he was already dead at that point. When he, well, because because at that point, art is like quote unquote a loose end, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, if at that point, uh, uh, Omni Man doesn't know that Cecil knows that he kills. I don't think he knows that Debbie knows. He, and, well, uh, yeah, he doesn't. I don't think well, maybe he does. No, he I, he does know because he she found right. the costume. That's how he knew to track her down to to art but you know at that point he's a loose end get rid of him right he's now useless to you you know you're about to make this turn towards evil again it's more i think it's more so like showing either omni-man's uh you know relationship with humanity where he actually does care or that uh well really that's kind of it is that it's really that he does care right yeah i guess so there's a lot to unpack in this (laughs) definitely is yeah definitely well, I think art is interesting because uh, this show, I mean, Omni-Man's a big character, but I really think that at the core of it, Invincible is about, obviously, Invincible. And what's compelling about Invincible as a hero is the path that he's on. In a world where things are definitely not black and white, it's up to each super being to determine what being a hero means to them. And the way I see it, Mark has three main influences, Omni-Man, Cecil, and his mother, Debbie. Omni-Man wants Mark to understand his responsibilities to Viltrum now that he is confirmed a Viltrumite. He wants Mark to understand that in the big scheme of things, Earth and the life forms that live there don't really matter. What does matter is Viltrum's empire. He wants Mark to stop caring about the small and insignificant and short-term things and think only about the big picture. Cecil, on the other hand, wants Mark to do what's best for humanity. He wants Mark to answer the call when Earth needs him and to follow orders from Cecil himself. This seems like the classic good guy direction, but Cecil proves he's not such a good guy when he's willing to send Damien Darkblood to hell, even though he didn't do anything wrong. And Cecil is even he's willing to let Mark die if it meant taking down a bigger threat, in this case, Omni-Man. And finally... Mark's mother, Debbie, wants Mark to decide for himself what he will do with his powers. She tells him, you don't have to be the greatest Omni-Man ever. You just have to be the greatest you. And this is important because the fact that Debbie is Mark's mother is part of what ties him to humanity. He may be a Viltrumite, but he's also human. And by encouraging him to be himself, he's free to believe that he does not have to be just like his mother. And I, his father, rather. And I think that this is a huge part of why he rebels against his father when he learns the true nature of the Viltrum Empire. These aren't the only influences on Mark. William and Amber both give him good advice. Eve shows him a whole different way to think about what it means to work as a hero. And this is all blended together and will determine who Mark eventually becomes. And this is truly interesting because in this world, it's not easy to draw the line between good and evil. And Mark is powerful enough to determine exactly where he wants to land on that spectrum. 
So even though you can tell Mark is going to be a good guy, what does being a good guy mean? Does, does a good guy sometimes turn against Cecil? Does a good guy, you know, there's, there's a lot of possibilities there. And I love seeing those threads kind of being woven together to give us who Mark will eventually become. Yeah, that's really interesting. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, though. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> well, that does matter because he can do whatever he wants. So he do, what he wants is what will end up happening. So it's like, what, what will compel him to do those things? Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, he could be selfish. That's the thing. So it's, um, which is kind of, I guess, his father's legacy as well. That's interesting. Uh, it's interesting to think that, um, I mean, that would be a very redeeming part of the show is if his human influences override his Veltramite ones, despite him being by blood Veltramite. Right. Well, because if he was Todd, uh, he would potentially be like, what? I'm an alien? Like, this is fucking epic. Let me just kill everybody. You know, I'm, I'm with you, dad. Like, you're the only one who's ever mattered to me. I look up to you so much. Mom is to- so unremarkable. I'm totally going to become evil Viltrumite son. Sure. Yeah. In the, in the beginning of the show, too, like, I feel like uh, Mark is very unhinged, too. Like, he doesn't really know what it means or what he wa- what he wants to be, you know, like he he just wants to be like Omni Man, like mm-hmm. he's like punch me again, you know, like right, just, just like he kind of all this crazy stuff, like he even like he threatens his mom at one point, like like she's like come down here, and he's like make me, you know, yeah. and it's like it, it's it's scary what Mark could become, um, and then you definitely see that through Omni Man, right? Like this is what Mark is eventually going to be capable of, but. It'll be that the human ties that, that keep him the defender of Earth and eventually what could be the defender of the galaxy, right? Right, and he also has this kind of uh, rage mode that he's capable of going into. Yeah. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite scenes in the entire thing <laughs> was when they're fighting the Flaxens and he's got, got that like goo covering him and he sees that the Flaxen leader is about to execute Eve and he's like, oh, I said no! And he like bursts out and then yeah, the chills, dude, like goosebumps. <laughs> so awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm interested. That that really Invincible to me didn't even exist. I didn't even know this guy was a, a character. And when I found out his name is Invincible, I'm like, okay, this is clearly superhero satire. Like you're you're saying like your power is that you can't be killed. It's like One Punch Man, where it's like, okay, it's such a simplistic, overpowered thing. Yes. Um, so I'm just excited to see where that goes and and where he ends up in the you know uh, among the other superheroes that are widely yeah. known. So, okay, that is going to wrap up the uh, first half of the podcast, first portion of the podcast. (laughs) This is a long talk. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking cool Easter eggs, quotable moments, and giving our ratings for Invincible Season 1. So stick around. Hi, this is Alvin Schwarzenegger. This is DJ Jones, nose tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. This is Squilliam Fancy Sign from Band Class. And you're listening to Affable Chat. My favorite podcast. Good day. I'm an Australian wildlife expert. When I'm out in the outback, I love listening to Affable Chat. It's the best podcast ever. Even the animals love it too. This is Corey Novotny. This is Donnie Dolphin. Oh, it's me, Danny Zuko from Greece. This is Ghislaine Maxwell, and you're listening to Affable Chat. Okay, and we're back with Anthony talking about Invincible Season 1. Now we're on to our cool Easter eggs. Anthony, what cool Easter eggs do you have about Invincible? Um, in the Guardians of the Globe, the new Guardians of the Globe tryouts, um, there is a 
one punch man lookalike, uh, which is this is just a bald headed guy, muscular, definitely smaller than everyone else. That's that's a, a key trope of one punch man. Um, and I I think it's it's such a good it's such a good one to have there because in One Punch Man the show he also has a tryout to be in the like the hero agency right. of his universe. Oh wow! And, um, so it would make sense that he would try out for the Guardians and like not make it and then go back to Japan and yeah he's only like rank C right. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. He's such a oh. lower tier hero. Because he's not so interested. Actually, that actually does make sense, because I thought this was another example of Robot being terrible at choosing the Guardians of the Globe. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, at, at this point in time, I imagine, like, if the reason One Punch Man wasn't chosen was because um, he's not a very interesting character to have in this mm, universe. I see. <laughs> he's great in his own universe, but he, would be, he wouldn't be that well, great. Well, he's barely in interesting one. in his own. That's this whole thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Um. Also in uh in the <clears throat> in episode 5 where um Amber and Eve are like serving food at the shelter the girl who was friends with Martian man at the beginning of episode mm. 1 is at that uh shelter eating food and I thought that that was Yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, I wonder what her story is going to be. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was. She seemed like she was going to be important. All those characters seemed like they were going to be important at the yeah. during that <laughs> sequence. But um, okay, so I've, I've got some Easter eggs as well. So Mark has a smartphone in the show, and I thought I was like, that's interesting because uh, did he have a smartphone in the comics? And I actually talked to someone who read it, and they told me that originally Mark has a flip phone, um, nice. but because the way that this series is like it, they continued to release until i think 2017 the he eventually does have a smartphone in the comics but uh yeah i was just think it was interesting to look at the time period that this came out because it is a post 2000 uh comic and um having phones is usually something that becomes it, like everybody's phone is magically dead at the right time or like there's always a problem with it something it's an additional thing to deal with the storytelling in the modern era and um i think invincible takes full advantage of it a, actually a hilarious bit that i would love to see would be like cecil being like mark you have to have this cutting edge technology look at this smartphone you know like, <laughs> the flip phones are dead right yeah ditch that old uh, yeah. mobile phone yeah um another easter egg is more of just like a running gag but fight force continuously gets shit on by all the other <laughs> superheroes a good example of this is when they're at the superhero tryouts and mark is there. It's like like i would miss this like he wants to see all the superheroes he's like wow even fight force is here why would they come to this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which I, I thought was pretty good. There's um, another Easter egg is when they're walking through the prison that the Mahler twins are at. You see Duplicate's brother, Multi Paul, in one of the cells in the. Is prison. that his actual name, Multi Paul? Multi Paul. I yeah. was thinking of what what names it could be. I was thinking Dupla Jake. I thought <laughs> Dupla oh, Jake's a good. good. One. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I love I love the names of the the heroes in this. Another Easter egg is when Titan returns home, and they're kind of it's kind of a cheap almost jump scare where you think he might be attacking this young girl. The music is heightening and it's kind of uh, a threatening aura. On the TV, there's an ad for Burger Mart, and their slogan is, start your day with a hot BM. <laughs> Which is- Burger Mart is, is like all over this show, though. Yes. I think there's, a, there's at least one Burger Mart reference in every episode. Wow. Yep. 
<laughs> there's all yeah i mean they rain from the sky when they're looking at that british building when it's john ham and his son on vacation yeah yeah, like, yeah 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 you feed, think it's guts and it's it's just beef yeah and they burger feed here. burger marts to uh or burger mart patties to the mauler twin when he's growing yeah, him yeah. in the lab yeah that's a good point um and then finally i have to point this out anytime i see it in media uh, obviously the Guardians of the Globe, the original Guardians of the Globe, are a a parody, a spoof of the Justice League, and they really do a good job of spoofing Batman with Darkwing, even complete with Batman's true supernatural ability, the ability to manipulate grappling hooks, which Darkwing does multiple times. So I I had to applaud them. Very good uh, parody of the, uh, the, the Dark Knight with including grappling hooks it's the most he couldn't important just, he couldn't ability. just uh he couldn't grapple hook his way out from under that tank though so well he got that he other lady out he, he got, almost he, he got he, he did the uh suit the heroic thing but i don't know it's a the, we've done a lot of episodes on batman movies and yeah, one thing yeah. is for sure his superpower is being able to grappling use grappling hooks. hooks yes um okay well that's going to complete our cool easter eggs and we'll move on to our quotable moments and i've got the first one it may not look like much, but you did far more damage down there than you needed to. I don't think you're ready. Hit me. What? Hit me now. Do it! I wasn't ready before, now I am, I can take it. Come on! I'm not gonna hit you. You never hit me before, okay? It scared me, it wasn't too much, I could take the pain. I'm strong. I know you are. No, you don't! I know you think I can't do this! Hit me, and let me prove you wrong! Please, Dad! Please, just hit me! Oh, son... I'm strong enough! And I can do this! It's all I ever wanted for as long as I can remember. I want to do what you do. I want to be just like you. You will be, son. You will. Just got, gotta applaud Steven Yeun for his voice acting here. The the emotion that comes out in these lines. But this hit me so much harder the second time watching Invincible because it's basically the exact opposite. He's saying, I want to be just like you. And in the end, he doesn't want to be just like him. And it's even includes him hit like his father hitting him, which definitely happens at the end. Um, and I just this is kind of an overarching feeling I had for the rewatch is that the dialogue, especially including Omni-Man, is so potent. Omni-Man always says what he means. He always says, everything that he says is still true, even after you know his what he is actually talking about. When he brings up that Mark doesn't understand his responsibilities, he's really, he's talking about his, what he means, his, his yeah. responsibilities to Viltrum. Um, and I just, I loved that. It made the second watch through almost as good as the first watch through because you have this added context and dialogue like this means so much more. Yeah, um, I, I like that he's so compassionate here too because, um, you know, growing up on Viltrum, it must have been like a Spartan-esque society, right? Where you were really tough on your kids and you make them into something that's really strong, but they're also kind of resentful of you, I assume. Um, or they die trying. Right, exactly. So he um, you know, he understands what uh, Mark is going through here and he's very compassionate about it and uh, ultimately you know, kind of uh, makes it into a good father-son moment with uh, going to get his new suit and you know, being there for him. So that's... Uh, it's nice to see him kind of be more multidimensional and not just the uh, violent uh, monster at the end of the show. You know, it, it's it's it also seems like one of those moments where um, if 
Omni-Man does have compassion for humanity. This scene, this quote is um, one of those times where he could realize that he's maybe gone too far. Mm -hmm. Like he's like psychologically kind of broken Mark to who at this point he's never hit before or didn't have powers. So like Mark is kind of freaking out and like telling his dad, like I beat me up. Like I I'm strong. I can take it. Right. Yeah. And this is ultimately invincible is a father son story. I, I feel like we uh, were dancing around this idea earlier, but that is why the, I feel like they have the introduction with John Hamm's character who is talking about his yeah. son. And I, I agree. I wish we had that continue on throughout because that is a very big theme for the show is the relationship between father and son. And of course, I mean, this is a huge part of that. So um, yeah, that's why uh, it's one of my favorite aspects of Invincible. Were you nervous? little but you caught it i did being a superhero is no different this is the beginning of a long journey for you and me along the way you're going to need to do things you don't want to do or might not think you can do it's okay to be scared it's natural to doubt yourself but if you can push through that and do what needs to be done you'll do just fine you think you can do that mark yeah. Son, kids your age think they're invincible and it holds them back, makes them careless. The thing is, you're different. You actually are invincible. Oh, dude, father son moment. What? <laughs> Playing catch around also, the world. <laughs> yeah yeah but but also ben that like this it totally you're totally right how like omni-man just is just telling him how it is like from the beginning like you're gonna have to do all this fucked up shit with me and you're gonna have to be okay with it because that's the responsibility of a viltrumite yeah you know but mark doesn't know that he just thinks that oh this is what it's like to be a superhero and and it's just such an such an amazing uh father-son trope that they have building from the very beginning um also this is the invincible reveal this is how mark knows that this is going to be his his title Mm, right he's going to be invincible probably the only time a sentence of this structure is uttered without being interrupted by the title sequence (laughs) right yes no matter how awkward (laughs) why why because you didn't listen to me when i told you to drop the goddamn case can't excise me. Destroyed the book you need for ritual centuries ago. The Demonius Ex Mortem? I had a few of my guys reconstruct it. They used artificial intelligence to figure out the missing words. Technology, am I right? Dominari Demonium Mayum Mit Never thought you'd be the one to protect him. See, that's the problem with demons. You only see good and evil, black and white. Well, I need to keep things gray until I can figure out why no one killed the Guardians and how to stop it. Say I'd see you in hell, but there's a worse place waiting for you.
hear about the demon? He's not dead. He's just back in hell. Isn't 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 that worse? So the reason I had this quote is because it's the very essence of what we've been talking about this whole time, where this universe is gray, um, and Cecil is a huge uh, component of that. Him and Titan are probably the right. They're the two grayest characters. Um, I also love that it was like the whole time I'm ru- like I love the whole like like almost like Heisenberg-esque thrill of is Omni-Man going to get caught, you know? And like Damien Darkblood is hunting down. He's getting closer and closer and closer and I'm rooting for him. And then Cecil halts it and is like, I obviously knew he killed the Guardians, you <laughs> idiot. Like now he knows that we know because you're getting too close to it. You should have just let it go while you had the chance. Um, and, uh, and so it's it's Damien's own pride that ends up sending casting him back into hell, which I hope we get to see more Damien Darkblood. I love his I oh, love he's the his best. character. Yes. Yeah, he is a great character. Um and I love I always love when he appears, right? Like the the angles where like it'll shift around Cecil and then like where Damien wasn't and then he just suddenly is. Yeah. Uh it's he's so cool. And voiced by Clancy Brown, famously the voice yeah. of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob, yes. which is a very unique kind of uh guttural sound from his the way he talks. I also, I mean, he's a good example of how this world isn't just, it's like reality plus superheroes. It's like reality plus superheroes plus advanced science plus magic. Like, and I guess you could throw religion in there as well as like plus magic where it's like hell definitely exists. Demons are real. Curses are real. All this stuff. It's just, it's an exciting combination. Almost anything is possible. Absolutely. Right. Also features one of my favorite characters, which is Donald, uh, under yes. underrated goon who's always like there, yeah. willing to do anything for for Cecil, including read ancient yeah. like <laughs> ancient texts <laughs> in like ancient Latin or whatever. It's been an honor, yes. sir. Yeah, He's awesome. He was great. <laughs> See, that's an example. If Donald can die, anyone can die. Okay, okay. you know what? You're right. Donald did die, and he was in multiple episodes, so you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> if only if only before his death you knew if he did or did not have a mustache <laughs> exactly right. that's his superpower is he has an in is you can't tell if he has a mustache <laughs> what a, what an amazing superpower. <laughs> need a fresh start somewhere new somewhere that's not here what about school or, or college i've got enough credits to graduate and college can wait samantha I'm not going to watch you ruin your life on some hippy-dippy find-yourself bullshit. Adam! I mean it. This is the opposite of what you should be doing with your life. And what would that be, Dad? You want a fresh start? Give up this superhero crap. You can't save the world, Samantha. It's going to get you killed. The worst day of my life is when you got powers. Wow, that hurts much more than I thought it would. I just want what's best for you. A normal life, a house, a husband, kids. That's what's best for you, Dad, not for me. Samantha! You get your feet back on the ground now! Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Samantha! Adam Eve is my favorite character in this show. Um, I feel like I identify a lot with her with the whole concept of like this will get a little little deep here but that that uh that your parents tend to project what they want in their lives and yours and push and more push that 
for what they think is happiness and but they don't know what you want or what you should have because it's your life right like you should be able to do what you want to do if you don't want to have kids you don't have a family you want to move away to baltimore (laughs) you you go do those things right like um it's it's your life choose how you want to live it and uh and adam eve and uh, i love her power so much we didn't really get to talk much about her powers um what is she capable of she can change atoms on the molecular level couldn't she just eviscerate omni-man with her mind yeah like I think that her I think that her whole arc um is still yet to really be, you know, kind of fleshed out. She Adam Eve, I feel like is is a perfect character to not make the Guardians of the Globe because I think she is eventually a character that would build up into being like on par with Invincible defending the galaxy where like she is a next level hero. Um and one who is way more way more than having normal life kids graduate mm-hmm college etc you know um and that that quote like hits it right on the nose oh yeah it's so super important it's the classic like but you're giving up your dream no dad i'm giving up yours (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's the same theme that um you see with omni man and mark right um mark is supposed to be living out on the viltrumite legacy and he is and mark wants to do his own thing he wants to have his own life um but omni man sees his offspring has an extension of him and believes that he knows what's best and that he uh he can make the decision about what life, mark's life should be um so yeah. yeah i the the family dynamics in this show are really good i think uh, it's it it's they're um a lot more interesting than uh stuff you see in other sh- in other stuff I uh, I do think though more so with Adam Eve is more, like she's more relatable than <clears throat> say Invincible because Omni Man actually does know best <laughs> right like he's lived for thousands of years and is a Viltrumite and knows the Empire and like what they're capable of uh, versus Adam Eve which her parents are just a bunch of normies very nor I mean like her dad is definitely a misogynist and her mother is like kind of uh, has no agency you know like just willing right. to just kind of back up her whatever her husband says even when he's being extremely problematic so um, also the the uh, the symbolism of like Adam Eve cutting the family photo in half when she's like forming yeah. a door to get out uh, that was a good scene yeah um also uh the, another thing about adam eve is that uh julian jacobs is a perfect cast mm-hmm. for her uh to be like angsty like you know teenage girl who doesn't want to live with her parents is so britta perry yes <laughs> <laughs> yes this is the only way mark don't touch me calm down i will not calm down this is insane what do you think is gonna happen? That I'm gonna go enslave my friends for a bunch of aliens I've never met? This is my life! These are my people! We have a responsibility to Viltrum. I don't give a shit about Viltrum. And I don't care if I live a fucking million years. This is my home, and I won't let you destroy it! You don't know what you're saying. And I can't let you interfere. I know exactly what I'm saying. So be it. <laughs> that like what also what a way to start an episode. Like uh the that's this the last two episodes of, of this season are so good. Um and it's building up to this to this fight between um Mark and, and Omni Man and, and um and Mark taking the stand, like being like, 
I'm gonna I will die then fight for Viltrum or 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 just enslave humanity yeah. with you. Um really taking his his uh his stand. Yeah, but like I mean, two episodes before he's like going to college, right? Like he's going to the tour or whatever. And a lot of wacky stuff happens, but he's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, should I be with Amber or not? And Amber dumps him. The next episode he's like sulking with Adam Eve. And the next one he's like existential threat. Omni-Man, your father is actually like a murderer and he's going to come here to destroy you. All the, by the way, all these other people are going to die. Like, it's just like the stakes become so, like the tone just shifts so drastically that last yeah. um, episode. But it's so, but it's warranted. Like they build up to it perfectly. So, but right. that last episode stands alone, I feel like, from the rest of the series. It's so much better, I think, than everything else. It's, uh, it's, yeah. and it's this amazing. is, this is definitely another like Steven Yoon, like, Oh my god! Like, <laughs> so what an amazing voice acting performance! Right. Well, because you got to think, Mark is a seventeen-year-old, right? Like this is a lot to put on a kid, and uh, I think that he really gets that desperation, that panic, all into the way that he, uh, you know, it, through his voice, and I, I think that's yeah. really amazing. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I also love like Mark's cry to the heavens of like this is insane. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's like it's literally crazy. I can't believe this is happening. <sighs> Why did you make me do this? You're fighting so you can watch everyone around you die. Think, Mark. You'll outlast every fragile, insignificant being on this planet. You'll live to see this world crumble to dust and blow away. Everyone and everything you know will be gone. What will you have after 500 years? You God. I still have you. Well, gentlemen, or have you taken notes? This is how you take down the patriarchy: is you make them cry. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, "Have you taken notes?" This is how you make award-winning, award-winning memes. Yes, the, the, yes. Uh, image is, that this spawned is... a thousand memes. Yes. Yeah. To the uninitiated, this is the meme. <laughs> this is that meme from Invincible. Yes. But it's also like, like, it's such a good meme, though. Oh, <laughs> well, it's it's a, a type of rage that only J.K. Simmons is capable of expressing. Yeah. This is he's a monster. He plays this diabolical mentor in a way that nobody can. If you just watch Whiplash, you can see him do it IRL. But yeah. that same that same emotion is evoked through the way he does this this uh, scene. Oh my! It's so good. J.K. Simmons is just the perfect actor to choose for the role of Omni Man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this is a. I mean, this is like his last ditch effort because at this point he's realized that he's kind of he's, that he's screwed up, um, and he's starting to kind of come to terms with that. But his only emotion right now he can express is rage, and he tries to, again to to show that, but it's it's uh, fruitless in the end, and he realizes that he's wrong and uh, causes him to leave. Um, uh, another thing that happens like right after this scene that I like a lot is when he's like flying so fast in outer space that the blood like oxidizes off of his hands and just like just ceases to exist. Oh yeah. And his, his tears are also being like pushed out yeah. by the, like the wind. And then you see the one that like does the transition over the camera. <laughs> I mean, ah, so good. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I'm glad we included that one because that is a big meme, very and and also really great voice acting uh, from J.K. Simmons. Absolutely. But I think that is going to bring us to the end of our conversation on Invincible season one. As we do at the end of every episode of Affable Chat, we will be delivering our ratings, and we'll start with you, Anthony. What rating do you want to give to Invincible season one? I give Invincible season one eight. Invincible title cards. Hey. <laughs> With it, like a little bit more blood on each subsequent. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so a little more blood <laughs> each time. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what about you, Joey? What rating do you want to give it in Invincible Season 1? I give it a uh, portal to another dimension where time goes faster so that we can get to Season 2 faster so I can find out what oh, happens next. I love next. that. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Okay, and finally, I will give... Invincible season one, a delicious chicken pot pie from Chicken Pot Pie Thursdays. <laughs> I, they've earned it. It's everybody's favorite. Amazing. And um, so that's going to bring us to the end of our Invincible episode. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. I After seeing Invincible, I knew we had to have you on. Um, so thank yeah, you so I, much. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for letting me unpack all of this knowledge and whatever. <laughs> that is Ma- in made my it all worth it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Joey, what's next on Affable Chat? We're continuing our Die Hard series with Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's right, the third one. And right. uh, we're going to continue to know everything there is to know about Die Hard as we uh, re- you know, eventually we'll, we'll see them all. So that <laughs> will continue. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever you listen to us, leave us a review. It really does help us grow. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at AffableChat on all three, or send us an email, AffableChat at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel where you can find videos of us doing things like uh, stream clips or other things uh, unrelated to movies. Affable Chat is live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's twitch.tv slash AffableChat. That is going to do it for this episode for Apple Chat. I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.